1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hey, yo. For over 30 years, and still, and still, your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. You know what? As
2: long as she fights in
1: 135
3: pounds, I don't care if she's injecting a horse
1: demon into her eyeballs. Heard live around the world, and brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. And now, and now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest running fight show in history, Pedro Fernandez.
2: Dominic Caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the multi million dollar sports byline studios in the city by the Bay, San Francisco, California. Check it. This is Ring Talk live worldwide. Yes, the man was correct in that lofty introduction, as my name is Pedro Fernandez, often imitated but never duplicated, celebrating 36 years of Ring Talk Live Worldwide three weeks from today. Straight up, 36 years of radio. Who would have thought? I started out doing a show on a 15-minute radio show, a 15-minute radio show between an all-Christian show and a Filipino show. That sort of started things back in the 80s, of course, me and Charles J. 36 years later, we're both still rocking on the radio. Straight up, thank you so much for being part of the Ring Talk family. If you're joining us for the very first time today, welcome. If you've been here for 35-plus years now, you know what's happening. Straight up, we're talking boxing and mixed martial arts for the next hour on Sports Byline iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, the Dan Patrick Channel. Of course, we'll go over last week's results both in boxing and MMA. We'll check on tonight's fights. Virgil Ortiz Jr., the real deal? They say he is. Of course, he's a welterweight of note. Lots of things to talk about. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fight. Of course, the big fight. The big fight. Anthony Joshua, Going back after Andy Ruiz, Andy Ruiz Jr. obliterating Anthony Joshua. just a fortnight ago, a couple of months ago. Bottom line is they're going to do it again December the 7th in Saudi Arabia. I tried to negotiate a fight one time in Dubai with the Sultan of Dubai, and that was a nightmare. Bottom line is they're getting a whole lot of money. Anytime those Saudi Arabians or the Arab countries write checks for boxing, it's like, damn, tax-free, just heaven. Straight up all kinds of bucks. What can I tell you? Lots of stuff to talk about in the world of boxing, both and MMA. Of course, open phone lines all around the planet. 1 800 878 7529. That's 1 800 878 7529. Or the guilt free, no commitment text line. 415 275 1613. The text line, text us in the studio. 415 275 1613. You're tuned to ring talk, but hey, you know that.
6: Go back to school with an extra 15% off at Kohl's. Graphic tees are two for $17, and backpacks are 50% off, plus an extra 15% off. Plus, take an extra $10 off your $50 purchase of back-to-school items. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, free Amazon returns now at all Kohl's stores. Kohl's. Select styles. 15% offer valid August 2nd through 11th with promo code SCHOOLTIME. 10 off 50 offer valid August 2nd through 18th with promo code BTS10. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details.
5: all I want to fight is serious challenges we got respect for each other mutual respect fighter to fighter but when it comes down to competition we're both beasts we're both lions in the jungle and the best man has to win
2: you're not the best man you weren't and the first time, he's probably not gonna be the second time. I'm talking about Anthony Joshua, 2012 Olympic gold medalist. And, of course, the young man that was hyped by yours truly to no end. I thought he was like God's gift of boxing. Six foot six, six foot seven, had a body like a goddess. I mean, like a god. I mean, he was gonna. I thought he was just going to take over. With that personality, he was humble. I thought he would just take over the boxing world. Well, you know what? To take over the boxing world, you've got to have personality, <laughs> and you've got to be able to fight. And guess what? It turns out he can't fight. I'm talking about I'm talking about Anthony Joshua. He just can't fight. I mean, people say to me, um, what do you say about that guy? I say, well, he can't fight much. What does that mean by Because let me tell you something. When a, a guy can fight, what I mean by a guy can fight is, I could fight. What I mean by a guy can fight is, you can get there, you can go back and forth, you can exchange with somebody. Vicious exchanges, blah, 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 back and forth, you know what I'm saying? And, and deal with it. And Because de- this is boxing, this is pugilism. You can deal with that. Okay, you can fight a little bit if you can do that. But guess what? Joshua couldn't do that. He couldn't fight a little bit. Not even not even a tad little bit. i got to give Andy Ruiz credit. Andy came in on short notice. <clears throat> Probably wasn't in the best shape of his life, but he went in there and he looked he looked Anthony Joshua like a stamp. I mean, he beat up on Anthony Joshua so bad, the cops should have been called. They should have been called in for for assault with a deadly weapon. He was beating them up. I mean, and then Joshua quitting like the dog that he was. I mean, whine, whine, bark, bark, say what you want, man. But the little biatch that he was when he had his hands up, up in the corner post there. I mean, what was you expecting the referee to do, pull his arms down and rub him against his chest or something like that? I'm going to tell you like this. Anthony Joshua, I've looked at it now. I've looked at the tapes when well, he's a front runner. What I mean by a front runner is when a guy's in front and he's kicking your ass, it's all cool, all fine and dandy, okay? But you put him on the spot. You put him put some heat in him. Make him stress a little bit. Get him off his game plan. And guess what? He just falls apart mentally. Joshua fell apart mentally, probably before the fight. I'm serious. Probably before the fight because I just don't think he is really the athlete that he thinks he is because Athletes in boxing really don't mix. and Why do I say that? I say it this way, because I'd rather have a fighter than an athlete. Pedro, what are you talking about? Let me tell you like this. Deontay Wilder, he's a street fighter. He's a conditioned street fighter. 2008 Olympic gold medalist, undefeated with that controversial draw in 41 fights, 42 fights with Tyson Fury last December at the, uh, in L.A. Okay, But, I mean, he, how can I put this? When you look at the current heavyweight division right now, look at the current heavyweight division. You've got Anthony Joshua out there. Of course, he's going to take on Andy Ruiz in the rematch December 7th in Saudi Arabia. I was going to get to that. okay? But you've got Tyson Fury out there. He might fill in the November uh, slot as far as Canelo Alvarez pulling out of that November slot and possibly moving into a December slot. Of course, Canelo's career is up in the air. Speaking of Canelo, another guy that's supposed to be hot on the heels of Canelo as far as being one of the pound-for-pound best, Rage's Progress, 140 pounder. Now he's filed a uh, a lawsuit against the WBS, has the World Boxing Super Series. I mean, the bottom, bottom line is he and Luda Bella's promoter, feel that they've been done wrong, so they pulled out of that. All kinds of things happening legally. I can go down the, the legal uh, docket of boxing today and probably spend about 15 or 20 minutes on it, but I don't want to do that. I want to stick to the sport itself. Straight up, last week's fights, eh, what can I say? It wasn't all that impressive. Really not. I mean, Curtis Stevens losing, eh, no surprise there. I mean, Adam Kalnacki beating Chris Ariola Talk about two fat guys. In fact, one of the websites, I'll call them out. Fightnews.com called this a heavyweight slugfest. These guys, first of all, the two heavyweights should be arrested for impersonating heavyweight fighters, okay, boxers. And second of all, the website should be arrested for printing a false headline because that's no heavyweight slugfest. When guys are throwing punches at each other with bent arms, in other words, you're landing and your arm is half bent and your elbow is half bent, This this, this is not a slugfest. This is more like, uh, I don't want to put down girls, but it's more like a couple of girls throwing punches at each other. People don't know how to fight. Okay, that's what that that's what went down last week. Chris Ariella, too long in the tooth. He wanted it, but, man, you should have wanted it five, six, seven, eight years ago when your body and your age were in line. Now you're just an old, fat Mexican dude, straight up. As far as his counterpart's concerned, Adam Konacki, not impressed with him. Say he's undefeated, say what you want, man. But if he's the upper echelon of the heavyweight division, the heavyweight division's got problems right now. Straight up, let's talk about tonight's fights, Of course... Boxing going on the zone. the zone's hot and heavy, the zone's doing their thing. What can I say about the zone except for maybe it costs too much a month? I mean, you know, you're a fight fan, maybe it doesn't, but some people say, Pedro, you know, 20 bucks a month is a lot of money, but yeah, but it't just, they just don't do their thing as far as the, uh, the world of uh, combat sports concerned. of course, they do cricket and darts and all that kind of good stuff. And I'm not in any of that stuff, but, but if you are, it's like a paradise. It just is like a paradise. Julio Caesar Chavez, Jr. Remember him? Yeah, the kid that was getting laid in the dressing room when the referee went in to give him some final instructions at the L.A. Forum one time. Kid you not. Kid you not. Anyway, bottom line was he wasn't around for the ref. The ref says, where is he? They're, going, blah, blah, blah. They're stuttering. They don't know where he is because he's in the shower having intimate relationships <clears throat> with a female. So that's his business. But right before a fight in the locker room, I mean, that takes uh, that that takes some stones. There's just no doubt about it. But anyway, Julio Cesar Chavez tonight. Uh, at 175 pounds. I don't know if that's good or if that's bad, but he's taking on a guy by the name Everett Bravo. I wish Mr. Bravo the best, but um, anytime you're fighting Julio Cesar Chavez or the name of Julio Cesar Chavez in or around Mexico, you better bring a bat with you, and you better hope it's a steel bat, not a wood one. Uh, that's going to be, of course, on Mexican television. Check around. Uh, it'll be TV Azteca, Channel 7. I don't know what that's going to do. Of course, Zamfer Promotions putting this together. My man down there in Tijuana, Mexico. Um, on the zone? Of course, this is August the 10th. Virgil Ortiz, unbeaten, 13-0, 13-wax, taking on 27-1. Antonio Orozco, this is at welterweight. Ortiz moving from 140, the junior welterweight limit, to 147, the welterweight limit. Of late, said to be the killer of all killers. Well, we'll see, because Orozco's got a record of 28-1 and with 17 knockouts, but... <clears throat> 28-1, maybe he hasn't faced a guy this good because this guy has supposedly really got the goods. I've seen a couple of his fights. I'm impressed with him on YouTube. We'll see what happens when he steps up to the upper echelon. Because remember, you know, guys look good in these preliminary fights. I mean, these early title fights, you know, when their hand-picked opponents are, are picked for him and this and that. I mean, take, take, for, take for instance, Keith Thurman thurman was falling apart i mean his wheels were coming off his wagon he decided he would take two years off he came back and got beat up by 40 year old manny pacquiao gotta give manny pacquiao all kinds of props to that you know that he just got to the boxing ambassador of the philippines call him what you want the senator of course he's done a lot for the people of the philippines is he is he a little twisted demented mentally yeah any guy that drinks virgin blood i don't know if anybody know what virgin blood is cut do you know what virgin blood is Cuddy doesn't know what virgin blood. Cuddy's been around the planet. Nobody knows what virgin blood is. But Manny Pacquiao was drinking virgin blood as some r- religious uh, ritual uh, for a long time. Of course, that's part of his like right wing uh, Christian. He's really a fanatical Christian anyway. Of course, remember he said he said all gay people should die. That kind of good stuff. He's nuts. He's absolutely nuts. Then they put a they put a mute on him. They told him to shut the muck up. Okay, so he hasn't said anything in a couple of years. And now he's a senator, and he's buying homes for some homeless people over there, and putting the homeless in, uh, and the poor people in shelters—not shelters, homes. Not shelters, homes. And there was Manny Pacquiao's doing something about the homeless situation in the Philippines, unlike here in the United States. Of course, I live in the city by the bay, born here in San Francisco, California. Um, I live in, in an outs- on the outskirts. I won't tell you where. Uh, but the bottom line is, there's homeless people laying in the street everywhere and is nowhere but this country folks i kid you not you go to you go to you go to turkey you go to colombia You go to uh, Greece, you go to Hungary, you go to Peru, you go to Mexico, you go to any of these places. You don't see thousands of people laying in the street like you do in the United States. It doesn't happen. It's not a pandemic. That would be worldwide. It's an epidemic only within the United States. Let me get that homeless thing off my chest, no doubt about that. You are tuning to Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Want to say hello to my radio buddies, uh, of course, my musical buddies all around the world, Greg Adams, East Bay. Soul. <clears throat> He's in Tokyo, Japan on an extended tour. And of course Brent Carter, average white band lead singer, former uh, singer for Tower of Power. He, of course he played in Santa Rosa Wednesday night, uh, the 7th of August. He went into Jap- uh, Honolulu, Hawaii. On the front page of the paper, a big welcome Brent Carter type of thing. It was sort of cool, man. But my, my guys, still rocking and rolling. Brent Carter, of course, with the average white band. Greg Adams, East Bay Soul. Both still kicking big time ass. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, the Dan Patrick Channel, Channel 211, and about a thousand other internet platforms. Bottom line is, this is Ring Talk.
7: Joshua
5: looks so tired, I think he wants out!
0: That's 800-984-4207
2: Check this out This is the new tower Turn that music up This is the new tower of power 50 years of funk baby Kid you not Emilio Castillo and the gang Put this together They got a new lead singer Kids like 25, 30 years old, a like kid does the moonwalk, the moon rock, the moonwalk, like Michael Jackson. So he's quite entertaining. Some people don't like his voice, but the bottom line is Tower of Power is still rocking and rolling 50 years after the conception. 1968, wow, we're still going 50 years later. Tower of Power, check them out. Tower As I said tonight, of course, boxing is live on the Zone and ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus has got the Jason Sosa taking on Haskell Lynch Rhodes. These guys are going to fight at 130 pounds. Of course, ESPN Plus is going to go at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 2.30 in the West. And, of course, the Zone's going to go at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, 4 o'clock in the West. These guys got to go up against each other. Huh? They can't make it simple. I can have one fight on like an hour and a half later or two hours later. No, they got to go up against each other, which diminishes their grab. It diminishes the grab of both networks. They don't get it. They really don't. They should work together to work opposite one another. Not work, when, I mean, when I work, say opposite one another, was opposite time schedules. Because you don't want to. Listen, there aren't that many combat sports out there. Uh, combat sports fans out there that you're taking their money from. So both these people are taking their money. ESPN Plus, I think it's taking <clears throat> five, six bucks a month. The zone's taking 20, 25 bucks a month. Bottom line is they shouldn't go toe to toe with each other. Uh, they just shouldn't. Bada! Uh, the 17th, excuse me. <clears throat> Of August, of course, Emmanuel Navarrete, the un- once-beaten WB, 122-pound champion, taking on Francisco de Vaca. Navarrete's in a league of his own, I think, at 122, although other people say to me there was 122. Li- is live in a well with the other champions as well. August 24th, Sergey Kovalev. Who's he? He's the guy that Andre Ward humbled. Remember Andre Ward had that first fight with him? It was very difficult. Andre Ward ended up winning a somewhat controversial decision, but he came back in that second fight, and he broke Sergey Kovalev down. I mean, <clears throat> he just broke him down. He just... I mean, busted him up and broke him down. Hit him a couple times on the hips. Hit him with some low shots and some borderline shots. In other words, Andre came to fight. Sergi thought Andre came to box. Shame on you, baby. Andre Ward, when the cleanest fighters in the world. But if you make him go dirty, Andre will go dirty on you. No doubt about that. Anyway, speaking of Andre Ward, <clears throat> he is promoting the once-beaten opponent of Sergi Kovalev going on the uh, 24th of August on ESPN+. Plus, Anthony Yardi. At first, Ward said, you know, I didn't, maybe he didn't want to take this fight. I don't know if he was negotiating for more money or what, but the bottom line is they took the fight, and Yardy was supposed to be a live underdog against the aged Kovlov. Kovlov, of course, a guy that <clears throat> I remember like five, six, seven, maybe 10 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, he was training under. He was training in Southern California under Abel Sanchez, and he was in a four-round fight at the MGM or the Mandalay Bay or Caesars Palace, some of those big arenas. Anyway, um, he was hitting this guy with body shots, and I was hearing him up in the cheap seats. And I was saying to myself, man, that guy must hit awful hard. And I turned around, and the mic wouldn't do it. The thing he must have hit awful hard because the ring wasn't mic'd up yet. There were no microphones on the ring. What am I trying to tell you? He is the real deal as far as punching is concerned. But then again, if you take the power away from a puncher, what does he have left? Think about that. <clears throat> They took away George Foreman's power. Muhammad Ali took it away. What did he have left? Nothing. Took Mike Tyson's power away, of course. I'm talking about the Buster Douglas fight. What did he have left? Evander Holyfield's. Nothing. Take the power away from a power player, and he's left empty-handed. Straight up tonight, good boxing matches, no doubt about that. The UFC will be rocking and rolling, of course. The UFC, eh. You know, some people say to me, you know, maybe you're giving the UFC not enough credit. Maybe you're giving it too much credit. <clears throat> I think that Congress is right. I think that the UFC needs to be regulated. I mean, not only the Association of Boxing Commissions, but I mean, like, some serious, serious regulation. I mean, it's basically who they want to fight fights. I mean, it's all about connections. And if you're my guy, you'll get a fight. If you're not my guy, you won't get a fight. I'm talking about Dana White. At least that's the way it's been rumored. That's the way it appears. It appears to me to be that way. So Dana White, ah, not the biggest. He's sort of like Vince McMahon. This McMahon took over the world of uh, wrestling entertainment. They don't call it they don't call it wrestling anymore. They call it sports entertainment. He took over that world, and look what he did. He changed it. I mean, the ratings are horrible. People aren't showing up to fights. Yeah, he can get enough money to keep that network is going because there's enough people in the world that like that that product. But overall, this product, product is failing, and it's failing miserably. You've got other entities coming online like All Elite Wrestling and Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling to a lesser extent. But I think the one player that doesn't get the attention in the world of professional wrestling that should is Major League Wrestling. Check them out. They're on YouTube. They air on YouTube and Be In Sports. I don't know what B In Sports is, but I know what YouTube is. And you can catch them weekly on YouTube, Major League Wrestling. Check that out. The UFC rocking and rolling tonight. The first openly gay fighter in the UFC. I remember when she came out a few years ago, <clears throat> Liz Karmuch, She was going to fight Ronda Rousey. Say, hey, I'm I'm gay, so who cares? Anyway, bottom line is she's taking on Valentina Shevchenko. In a women's flyweight bouts 125 pounds. That's tonight at five-round main event. The co-feature: Vicente Lique taking on Mike Perry. And uh, outside of that, oh, you know, maybe this light heavyweight fight's okay. Vulcan Ozmer taking on Irla Latifi. That might be okay. That might be the best fight of the fight, best fight of the night. Of course, that's all on ESPN Plus. If you don't have ESPN Plus, you're not watching too much USC. As I said. This contract the USC signed with ESPN was good for good for the good for the people that signed the contract. I'm talking about the company and the network, but it didn't do, didn't do much for the fighters. I mean, the fighters had listen. I keep saying this time and time and time again, and people say to me, "You know, you're repeating yourself. Are you punch drunk?" No, I'm not. But if you have a if you have a pie and you have this big big pie, and what we'll to say, it's a money pie. Okay, not a pumpkin pie or an apple pie, a money pie. So there's 100% of the pie there. And you've got these guys going out there and getting in death matches week after week, okay? And they are death matches because, let me tell you, once you get mucked up in one of these fights, it ain't the same. Brian Ortega will never be the same again. Kid was an undefeated lad, good-looking kid out of uh, East L.A. I mean, he had all kinds of prospects. They put him in a fight, a title fight, which he deserved to be in, no doubt about that. But Max Holloway almost killed him. He almost killed him. I mean, they should have stopped the fight like two or three. Right? I think they stopped it in the fourth. They should have stopped it like in the second. But what did they do? They, they let these fights continue. The company lets these fights continue. And when I say the company, I'm talking about Dana White. This guy's a jerk. This guy's never. listen. He, he couldn't lick a stamp if you wet his tongue. He was an amateur boxer with a horrible record. He couldn't do nothing. Listen, Whitey Bulger, the mafia, ran him out of Boston. Good Lord, Whitey, why couldn't you have, like, snuffed Dana or just kept him and left him alone and let him run his little East Boston boxing club with his amateur boxers, that kind of good stuff? Instead, you made him flee to Las Vegas. He gets hooked up with the hurtitas, and, of course, they buy the UFC, and the rest is history. Okay, this is all Whitey Bulger's fight. All all Whitey Bulger's fault, because Whitey Bulger, of course, got murdered, assassinated in prison a few months ago after being transferred from one prison to another. It was a coincidence. He got transferred from one prison to another, and he was killed within 24 hours of his arrival. Sort of like the coincidental death of Jeffrey Epstein this morning in New York City. You're right. Being a former policeman, I know that when you've got a sus or you've got somebody in custody that's a high uh, high profile person, man, you keep a twenty four seven watching them, especially if they've attempted some type of suicide in the past. They didn't do that and Epstein killed himself. He was a lo- a- a- what do I think is a cop? it smells. I mean, I think he was allowed to kill himself. I just think he was more or less allowed to kill himself because he was about to bring down Bill Richardson, the former New Mexico governor. Of course, that was a guy that I introduced to a lot at a lot of fights in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I talked to him a few times as far as his president, presidential aspirations were concerned back when he was governor. Of course, he was disqualified for some type of uh, nanny thing or kind of good, good thing, but the bottom line was, I think this sexual thing with Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein was going to pop up. So Alan Dershowitz, all these guys, Prince Andrew of of england all these guys man hanging out with hookers 14 year old hookers and now the guy's dead the guy that was going to snitch them all off is dead you think that's coincidence Mm, i don't think so bottom line is we're talking boxing and not conspiracies here on ring talk live worldwide of course come to you every saturday and sunday 11 a.m pacific time That's 11 a.m. Pacific time, Saturday for an hour, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, and Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Of course, we come to you Sundays as well, 11 a.m. Pacific time, but two hours. Two hours of Ring Talk live worldwide each and every Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Of course, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, the American Forces Network, iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com. I can keep going. And guess what? Even that... Even the Twitch.tv thing is supposedly live and rolling. I'm watching my face here in the camera, so I think it's rolling. But the bottom line is it's all rocking and rolling, bringing you Ring Talk Live worldwide, celebrating 36 years of radio in three weeks. Now, how do I feel about that? Mm, mixed mixed emotions, mixed emotions. Happy that I'm still here and able to do it 36 years after, after the start. But, you know, how can I put this? Um. It's, it's, it's been a wonderful ride. This this show has taken me to 34 countries. 34 countries around thirty four countries around the world. 34 countries. Most people haven't been to 34 cities. I've been to 34 countries. Most of the states in the United States I've been to for boxing matches. So boxing and radio, uh, they've taken me, and TV has taken me all over the world. So I'm indebted to the game, no doubt about that. I may dog it here and there and say, yeah, and grumble and gripe and this kind of good stuff, but... You know, like Orlando Cepeda or Tito Fuentes said about baseball back when they were the San Francisco Giants back in the 1960s. Baseball been very, very good to me. Well, guess what? Boxing been very, very good to me. USC 241. Stip Miocic and Daniel Cormier, of course, in the rematch. Stippy, the former Ohio State Golden Glove champion, got knocked out by Cormier, a light heavyweight. Howie got knocked out. I don't know, I know I got knocked out, I got hit on the chin. So I guess you don't take all that well, wasn't expecting that type of punch. But here's what happens. When you get hit with hooks, hooks come around. You don't see hooks, you don't see straight punches knocking people down. I mean, I never got knocked out by a punch coming straight at me. If I saw a punch or if a punch was coming at me straight at me, for some some unimaginable reason, you were able to absorb the punch and and retaliate or, or move on or do something. But when you get hit with a hook, a punch you don't see coming... Holy, the whole world changes. I'm telling you, like, what am I doing down here? Let me get up. I'll never forget Las Vegas National Golden Love Championships back in 1984. Showboat Hotel Arena in Las Vegas. I'm looking across the ring. I got decked by uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie Chav- Ernie Chavez, and I looked across the ring. I saw my captain, and he was sideways. I couldn't figure out why he was sideways. Well, he wasn't sideways. I was. I had to get up. Straight up didn't win that fight you are tuned to the mighty sports byline broadcast network ring talk live worldwide baby coming to you from the city by the bay san francisco california more ring talk after the break
7: you can say how it feels well, one can wish upon a star two can make a wish come true yeah. one can stand alone in the dark yeah. two can make the light shine through it takes two
4: baby
6: Go back to school with an extra 15% off at Kohl's. Graphic tees are two for $17, and backpacks are 50% off, plus an extra 15% off. Plus, take an extra $10 off your $50 purchase of back-to-school items. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, free Amazon returns now at all Kohl's stores. Kohl's. Select styles. 15% offer valid August 2nd through 11th with promo code SCHOOLTIME. 10 off 50 offer valid August 2nd through 18th with promo code BTS10. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details.
5: Hey, guys, losing your hair sucks, and I should know. I've lost mine. And two out of three guys will experience hair loss by the time they're 35. Well, it might be too late for me, but it's not too late for you. Now there's Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to obtain. For five minutes now and starting at just 10 bucks a month, you'll never have to worry about your hair loss again. So you just sign up, it takes less than five minutes, answer a few simple questions, snap a couple photos, and you complete your online doctor consultation. A licensed physician will review your info, they'll recommend the right treatment for you, and then it's shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products that are out there. And Keeps treatments are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. So if you suffer from hair loss, the last thing you want to do is wait to see a doctor. For a limited time, you receive your first month of treatment for free. Go to keeps.com slash golf. That's K-E-E-P-S dot slash golf. Do it today. Keeps.com slash golf.
3: and save a ton of money call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping stop overpaying and call right now
0: 800-814-5188 800-814-5188 800-814-5188 that's 800-814-5188 now more of ring talk with pedro fernandez
4: to get through this
0: drag net you as slippery as a nail and a barrel full of oil.
4: Got to do something. <laughs> Girl,
0: Little Tower of Power doing
2: some JB. The Godfather of Soul. Can't forget Brent Carter. Allow me to meet. James Brown, that was sort of cool. Oakland, California, the Paramount Theater, man, shook his hand, and, and he went on stage, and they said, now you need to go back to your seat, Pedro. Everybody needs to go back to their seat. Well, you know Pedro didn't go back to his seat. I hung out backstage, right? And then I got to watch James Brown come out. They pulled a mirror up. They looked at his hair. He sort of combed his hair one last time, boom, and he put the fur coat on, he stepped out on stage. That was like a priceless moment in history, thanks to my buddy Brent Carter. So, Brent, if you're listening tonight, uh, this afternoon, this morning, over in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, of course, approaching that fantastic event you're doing tonight. I wish you the very best. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live, worldwide. You're inside look at the world of boxing and MMA. You know, I get a lot of heat for not going back in time enough and not respecting the old days. I can't believe this. I mean, people say that. People say, you know, you're like new school. I'm so old school. It's unbelievable. I mean, I just am. I, mean, I don't think today's fighters are all that accomplished. I mean, some of them are. I mean, like there are some a few names in which I would say they're extremely talented young men. The Lomachenko is an outstanding fighter, no doubt about that. I mean, a fantastic fighter. Um, Rageous Progress at 140, uh, Mr. Tiofimo Lopez at 135. I mean, these guys are all outstanding prospects. They really are. But when you look at boxing and you look at the history of boxing, no two guys, no two guys took center stage like Ali and Frazier.
4: Many people have gone the full 15 rounds with you. But before we close, I'd like to remind you of someone who has just as he promised he would one August day in 1970 during your exile from the ring when he gave you a lift in a car from Philadelphia to New York and when he pulls up on 42nd Street, oh. a crowd starts to gather. And I said, hey, man, you better get out of my no, car. not Joe Frazier. Because people
7: think you and I are good pals. Not You've Joe described
4: Frazier. him as the fighter you most admire, your old adversary. We've flown him no, from no, Philadelphia not Joe Frazier. smoking Joey Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier. Frazier. Yeah. Okay. so how did you come to be giving Muhammad Ali a lift in your car well number one I had a chance to move around in Philadelphia and I went to
6: one Jordan.
7: of the hotels and uh, I promised to give him a ride to uh, New York City that day well,
6: <laughs> I got I out the car
7: somebody says hey go smoking Joe Frazier <laughs> oh man and he <laughs> went off smoking Joe Frazier where uh, is he uh, I uh, want smoking Joe <laughs> Frazier he got my title so I went over and I shook so his hand. Crazy. He told me, he said, uh, no. listen, sir, I have a man who's doing a book on me. Would you interview him into New York City? we rode into New York <laughs> City. This guy would not let me get one word in. All through the whole ride, he started talking about smoking Joe Frazier. <laughs> so Joe, smoking Joe Frazier. He said, I wrote a poem. He said, Joe, come out smoking. I'll be poking, pouring water on that smoking. <laughs> he said, I might amaze you. I would be tired smoking Joe <laughs> all, all through the whole time in New York, from oh, no. Philadelphia to New York City, I had to go through that noise all the way. <laughs> what did you do? So I had a chance, we got into New York City. 40 seconds. He and slapped me. <laughs> 40 seconds at <laughs> Broadway. And somebody messed around and so him and myself. And he went off again. Smoking Joe Frazier. Ladies and gentlemen, smoking <laughs> Joe Frazier. The man who got my title. I won my title. <laughs> I was in the car. Oh, I said, look, oh. I don't want this sucker right now. Oh. <laughs> So at, uh, after a while he got back in the car and kind of cooled down uh, some. I said, Hey man, cool it off. You know what I mean? Cool. Uh, so I, I saw him. It's not singing. He's <laughs> <It's> not singing. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> yes, Ladies I mean, and gentlemen, great guy. Some. I would say we love him. He's a fine champion.
4: Oh, Lord. congratulations.
2: Joe Frazier, what can I say about Joe Frazier except that, you know, he came from a humble background, he came from the Carolinas, I believe, of course came to Philadelphia, was a strong young kid, learned how to fight young, not in the streets, man, learned how to box in the gym. That's what he told me. He said, I didn't learn how to fight in the streets. I I could fight in the street, but that wasn't my thing. My thing was to fight in the gym. My idea, as far as boxing was concerned, was to win the Olympic gold medal and then move my way out of the hood. And that's just what he did. He won the 1964 Olympic gold medal, of course, won the heavyweight championship of the world when Muhammad Ali was in exile. You can't blame Joe Frazier for winning the title because they took it away from Ali. You can't do that. But yet... I sort of did that for a long time, for a lot of years. I sort of had a, a bias against Joe Frazier. And, of course, the few times that I got to be around the champ, some were good, some were bad. I mean, you know, we spent a lot of time around each other, both in Kansas City, New York, different fights in Las Vegas, Atlanta, GA, Miami, Florida, Houston, Texas. I can keep going. The bottom line is Joe was a unpredictable guy. You never knew what Joe was going to show up. I mean, sometimes... You know, I'm not trying to say he was bipolar or anything like that, but but sometimes you like you talk to him and he was like, "Hi, Joe, how are you?" And you expect him to say, "You know, oh, I'm okay." And he'd look at you and grit his teeth and this and not say anything. And I said, "My, well, well, how am I supposed to come back on that one, Joe? What's up with that? You know, what's up? What's up?" Anyway, of course, he got upset because I asked him why he was charging for autographs at the International Boxing Hall of Fame. I think that was back in 1992. He said, you got a lot of B-A-L-L-S asking me my business. I said, I'm asking you in private. I'm not, like, asking you out in front of people. I'm not saying, hey, Joe, why are you charging people 10 bucks for your autograph when everybody else gives it away for free? Okay. Didn't say that. Didn't put him up. I asked him when it's privately. Anyway, he got a little upset. Bottom line is, at the end of the day, Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, they were inseparable. Without those two guys, I'm not saying that boxing would not have survived. I would say that they carried boxing through the, the 70s without a doubt, the 60s and the 70s without a doubt. Of course, Muhammad Ali becoming champion in 1964 with the stoppage of Sonny Liston. So people thought that was a dive. I can tell you this much. Sonny was beaten on pretty good, and Sonny was older than he, than he admitted to be. Of course, Sonny said he was like... 34 or something like that. Some people say he was like almost close to 44, of course. Nobody knew his real age. It was a couple of birth certificates that floated around. At the end of the day, Sonny Liston was not invincible. That was just the odds makers, the sports writers. Oh, this young kid's going to get killed. You know, you better have a stretcher ringside, have the coroner ready. Sonny Liss going to kill this, this Cassius Clay kid. Because that's what his name was before he won the title. After he won the title, he changed his name to Muhammad Ali. But it was Cassius Clay at that point in time. And then Clay's going to get killed. And, Clay, and Clay, did, Clay never got destroyed ever. Of course, he got destroyed later in life when he wasn't when he wasn't really much of a fighter anymore. Of course, the Larry Holmes fight, October 3rd, 19, October 2nd, 1980. I cried. I said, I cried. Went back to my hotel room at the Aladdin Hotel and cried. And when I saw Ali the next day, I was crying at the press conference. When I went up to the press conference at the desk, he signed an autograph for me. And he saw that I was crying. And he put his hand on my hand. He said to me, don't cry, man. I'll be okay. And it was just, it was an emotional moment. It just was. I mean, here was my hero, 38 years old. The man that that couldn't be beaten, although we knew that Father Time could step in and beat anybody at any given time, because you never know when the end is. When, when when Father Time says the end's there, you just don't know. Larry Holmes in his prime that night, no doubt about it. I mean, the former sparring partner Muhammad Ali, a guy that lit Muhammad Ali up like a White House Christmas tree, and sparring back in as early as as early as 1974 for the Foreman fight. I mean, Holmes was a pro of maybe. Less than a year, I think. He was a 72 amateurs. I think he was part of the 72 amateur team. But he was a pro less than a year. And he was lighting Muhammad Ali up. And I was seeing these films from Deer Lake, Pennsylvania. And I was saying to myself, who is this guy? Who, who is this guy? And, you know, because he had headgear on, that kind of good stuff. Well, it turned out to be Larry Holmes. called The, fall, the Eastern Assassin. Mm. The future undisputed world heavyweight champion. And nobody was better than Larry Holmes. And Larry Holmes was in his prime. I mean, I think Larry might have been able to beat Ali in his prime. I think it all about he would have made a little klitch goes. I mean, Larry, that jab, he was an educated fighter. And when I say educated an educated boxer, when I say educated, I mean there's strategy to what he's doing. He's his there's thoughts behind what he's doing. He's just not throwing punches. A lot of times those guys go up there and they throw punches. I keep talking about conditioned street fighters, and I keep dogging Deontay Wilder saying he's a conditioned street fighter, the current WBC heavyweight champion. Um he, he, that's what I think he is because I, I just don't think these guys are born. You know, you've got to be into the game of boxing and, and box a little bit in order to to learn how to fight. You just do. And I think that they, they say to you, you know what? You used to play basketball, right? And you used to play football, right? Oh, uh, uh, you're a hockey player, right? You're a big dude, man. How'd you like to box? And that's sort of how the boxing career of these guys start. Now, I've got to give... You know, Wilder's some props because he did win the 2008 Olympic bronze medal. But as I've told you before in the past, I've seen heavyweights of limited, limited stature grab amateur titles that if they were on my weight class, they'd get drilled in one round. They, they wouldn't survive. The heavyweight weight class, for the most part, I don't want to say it's, it's talentless or it lacks talent. There's a few talents here and there, but as far as overall talent concerned, you just don't see it. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, baby, the Saturday edition on Sports Body. And, of course, the UFC, I mentioned that, rocking and rolling tonight, ESPN+. Bellator is going to come back in a couple of weeks with a card on the zone. Haven't heard too much from those people. Of course, Scott Coker and those guys trying to put themselves in as the number two uh, entity in the world of uh, cage fighting. Of course, compared to the USC the UFC is rocking and rolling. you got to give the UFC credit as far as their corporate stance is concerned. And I mentioned that a little bit earlier, the pie, the money pie. Well, the bunny pie, I'll finish that story right now. The money pie is 100%. Only 8% or 8 to 12% of that money pie goes to the fighters. 8 to 12%. In other words, guys that get punch drunk after one fight. And it happens, folks. I'm telling you, you get hit that hard, you get kicked in the head, you got a headache for a month, you're cross-eyed forever. Something, I mean, there are, there are all these little subtle things that happen to people that you don't know about because you're the fan at home. You don't know the guy had you ringing in his ears for two months or something like that because it happens. These guys aren't getting just hit with punches now. It isn't like Ali and Frazier in the 15th round when Joe Frazier launched that left hook on Muhammad Ali's jaw. No, no, those were 8-ounce gloves. These guys are hitting people with 4-ounce gloves. And get this, sometimes they're hitting them on the ground, on the ground, on the ground, when there's nothing to absorb the shot other than the body. And, of course, the referees say they're quick to jump in and, you know, they're trying to prevent injuries, this and that. But I just think that the world current status of cage fighting in the United States and the world, I think, is primitive. And I think the corner men are too brave. They've got their their balls are too big. And why do I say that? Because it's not them taking the shots. Yet You don't see these guys throwing in the towel. You never see a guy throwing a towel in the UFC. You don't see it. You rarely see it in boxing. OK, when I was working the silver gloves and the and the junior gold, the junior Olympics and this said when I had kids in the corner, I always had that towel on my hand. You know why? Because you had to throw it at any given time because you never knew. A kid got hit once. He didn't look right. The referee doesn't see it. Hey, man, this is my kid. I got to worry. About, I got to worry about his outcome is as long as his, his, his well-being. I throw in the towel. I remember one kid told me, you why'd you throw in the towel? I said, because I think you were hurt. He goes, Yeah, I, I couldn't see. Right. I mean, he admitted it later. I couldn't see right. But he would have went on and fought that day, okay? And he might have got hurt permanently. So I'm always quick to throw in the towel as a trainer, as a handler, there's no doubt about it. But guys don't do that in the UFC. And if you do it in the UFC, you're a coward. Why? You're a coward. You just got the smack beat out of you or you just got the spit beat out of you with an H, spit with an H, okay? And you're a coward? Why are you a coward? Why would you be a coward if you fought a man and you give it your all and he's beating you? I mean, if he's beating you decisively after two or three rounds, why do fights need to continue? Why do fights need to go ten rounds? Guys like John Tate knocking out Trevor Burbick and, and people like that and Mike Weaver knocking out John Tate. That kind of stuff, you know, it happens once in a million years. But in that million-year span, a lot of guys get hurt in between. You hear what I'm trying to say? So let's not sacrifice for the entertainment, let's sacrifice for the fighter. You know where I'm coming from? This is Ring Talk, live,
7: worldwide. The thing is that I'm still in his brain, I'm still in his mind. I'm the guy that he wants to get rid of.
5: paid less
4: for our Craftmatic
5: today than we did 20 years ago.
0: 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003.
1: Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
5: I wanted to do the right thing.
2: Each and every Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time. <laughs> Live on Sports byline, we try to do the right thing. Text coming here from Main Event Matt. Looks like St. Louis Main Event Matt. Says, why are there so many rematches? Why are there rematches of lopsided fights? Because... They weren't considered lopsided fights originally. They were upsets, so of course, Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz. Everybody thought that maybe Ruiz was going to be like an easy touch. The guy was fat, didn't look like he was in the, most, the greatest condition in the world. But guess what? He surprised the entire world, and he is the world heavyweight champion. You will not hear me dog Andy Ruiz any further. I mean, I think he deserves his props. The fact that he went there and destroyed Anthony Joshua. Um, I had a problem with the way that he looked physically, and I shouldn't have. In other words, I fat-shamed him, and I shouldn't have fat-shamed him, but... The bottom line is, you know, for so many years that I fought off and on for 19 years, I had to make weight. And when I had to make weight, it was like sacrifice. And when I see guys that don't have to sacrifice nothing to make weight and then winning, somehow I think sacrifice and boxing go hand in hand. But obviously... Andrew Lee suffered, uh suffered sacrifices, sacrifice in other ways because he was in great shape as he beat Anthony Joshua with a punch, and of course made him quit. That's what he did. He quit, no doubt about it. Joshua quit. Now to rank the heavyweights in the current situation right now, you got to rank Tyson Fury number one. You have to rank without a doubt. Anthony, uh, Andy Ruiz, number two. Why do I say number two? Because, you know, the linear champion, I give him sort of a linear title. I'm talking about Tyson Fury. Of course, had that draw with Deontay Wilder. Everybody knows he beat Deontay Wilder. He got dropped in two rounds, and in that, that second round, that 12th round, he got up off the deck, and, and he was winning that fight at the, at the end of the round. So he, he had, couldn't even call that a two-point round. It was a 10-9 round. So what did Deontay win? Two rounds, three points, maybe a 10-8 for the eighth round at the end of the day? Tyson Fury was robbed in Los Angeles. There's no doubt about it. One of the biggest ripoffs in heavyweight history. But not a a whole lot of people talk about it because, you know, it ain't good for business. Bottom line is Ring Talk Live Worldwide is good for business. We come to you each and every Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the Mighty Sports Byline Broadcast Network. The Sunday edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide coming at you Sunday to talk about August 11th. We'll feature the undefeated lad from Las Vegas, Nevada, John Signorello, and, of course, The retired HBO godfather, Larry Merchant, will be in the house. Larry Merchant will be here for Sunday. You can always text us. You can text the show 24-7 all around the week. The text number, 415-275-1613. The studio text line for Ring Talk Live Worldwide, 415-275-1613. The executive producer is Scott Cudney. So next time, my name is Pedro Fernandez. Thanks for listening to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports
7: Byline.